The word of the Lord came to Elijah, saying, Go now to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there, for I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he set out to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel so that I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little jug of oil. I'm now gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterwards, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of meal will not be emptied, and the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, so that she, as well as he and her household, ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. His illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. She then said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. But he said to her, Give me your son. He took him from her bosom, carried him up into the upper chamber where he was lodging, and laid him on his own bed. He cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I am staying by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. The Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. The life of the child came into him again, and he revived. Elijah took the child, brought him down from the upper chamber into the house, and gave him to his mother. Then Elijah said, See, your son is alive. So the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Soon after healing the centurion's slave, Jesus went to a city called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. As he approached the gate of the town, a man who had died was being carried out. 
He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. And with her was a large crowd from the town. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came forward and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, rise. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized all of them, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has looked favorably upon his people. This word about him spread throughout Judea and all the surrounding country. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Maybe in confirmation class or some other St. John's program, you heard about the medieval Catholic list of the corporal works of mercy. Feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, visit the sick, visit the imprisoned, bury the dead. This was originally a medieval Jewish list. Both lists are identical except for the last item. The rabbi's original list ends raising the dead. So here's your homework for this week. Raise someone dead each day and come back to St. John's next Sunday and tell your clergy what fun it was. <laughs> After all, Skip and Chuck and Chris and Steve and Jan raise the dead all the time. You can ask them. It's one of the gifts you get at ordination. I attended the ordinations yesterday at Grace Cathedral and I saw it happen. One little prayer from the bishop, and now those new clergy are out looking for dead people all over the diocese of California, if only they can find a church job, of course. But my first good news for you is you don't have to be ordained. You can do this yourself, starting now. A wonderful new lay ministry here at St. John's. Because, of course... Medieval rabbis didn't go around offering to raise the dead for free or in exchange for an annual synagogue membership donation at Rosh Hashanah. Raising the dead is the last work of mercy on the rabbinical list because it sums up all the others. All the works of mercy raise the dead because they give discouraged people new hope about what they can do in turn. My partner, Steve Holtzman, a Jew and a Buddhist sitting right there in the pew, has a new job, managing volunteers at San Quentin Prison. He asked Chaplain Jim Ward why San Quentin still occupies the most valuable real estate in the Bay Area instead of developing it. Father Jim answered that Marin County has more prison volunteers than any county in California. And the volunteers would never permit the prison to move away. So many Marin folks are devoted to building meaning in their lives. The politicians pay attention. St. John's weekly parish announcements offer opportunities for volunteering right here. Some are in the bulletin. Some you'll hear about shortly. 
These services do directly serve parish community and the people they aim to help. Yet even more, there's an extra benefit volunteers get, whether in church programs or secular programs or any place they serve, encouraging others to serve in turn. In some cases, that may be the chief benefit actually achieved, so let's focus on that. There are two common blocks to service, both of which we install in our children, so you almost certainly got them. Block number one is attacking the self. When I draw your attention to the good you do or can do, you are already well programmed to deny it. The noted social scientist Joseph Campbell, he's the other Joseph Campbell, by the way, not the famous Zen uh, publicist, uh, no, uh, not Zen, but, um, yeah, like that, uh, famous, uh, famous, uh, anyway, not the famous uh, psychologist, but, uh, they, and they both teach at the same university in Michigan. This is the other Joseph Campbell, who says, middle class people teach their children to attack themselves first in order to defend themselves against the, uh, against the envy of other people. So you do this automatically. I'm not really a generous, thoughtful person. I'm not smart enough. I never follow through. I failed before. If you grew up as an Anglican the way I did, you know what I'm talking about. Roman Catholic theologian Ralph Kiefer used to remark what distinguished Episcopalians from other denominations at public prayer. Under an earlier prayer book, which some of you will remember, they called, we called ourselves miserable sinners and said, there is no health in us. But the faces of those praying Episcopalians showed they didn't believe any of that stuff about themselves. They just enjoyed repeating those sonorous words. But say, and yet saying those things automatically gets in the way of actually doing anything. So that's block number one. Block number two is guilt. Now I don't mean factual guilt like the guilt when you run a stop sign. If you actually did quit running stop signs, everybody would come out ahead. There's no question there. But I mean guilt the way a, friend of, a woman friend of mine told me, my mother is the East Coast distributor for guilt. <laughs> if some folks here who've lived back East know what a powerful title that mother achieved. Her widely distributed guilt is our way of preventing God from forgiving us. It's our last desperate move to control our lives. God, you can't make me good. I'll show you. And indeed, if you keep cultivating widely distributed guilt that way, you won't do anything. That's a very effective block to service. Would you believe that right here at St. John's, there are other people who attack themselves the way you automatically do, or cultivate widely distributed guilt the way you have learned to do, and as a result, they don't know how they could possibly serve others? Think what a difference it would make if you encouraged them. What if you took a new chance to do some service that you already like the thought of doing? And in response, they started serving in ways they thought would be great, only they didn't believe they couldn't. That would be like you raised the dead. 
This work of mercy does not require church ordination or unique spiritual powers. All you have to do is, in place of widely distributed guilt, practice humility. St. Thomas Aquinas, a great medieval Italian theologian, defined true humility as the patient cultivation of your own excellence. This is the central point of my sermon, the patient cultivation of your own excellence. So my next good news is that St. John's Sunday announcements are only a tip of the iceberg. Only a few opportunities to encourage you and give you chances to encourage others. And shazam, you're raising the dead. I do believe that you, each of you, have come to St. John's today, and maybe every Sunday, because you're actually practiced at serving and could use some encouragement. So you can give some encouragement too. I'm not calling for heroic service here, though that's great to see when we do see it. Our newspaper is filled with bad news, but one reason I like to read the obituaries every day is the stories of heroic things remarkable people have done. They give me a boost myself. This past week's obituary of Baptist pastor Will Campbell was a knockout. He founded the Fellowship of Reconciliation, and if you haven't read about him, go home and Google Will Campbell and treat yourself. Maybe I even picked up a little courage to do likewise on a far less heroic scale than his. But more readily, you can start with small things like helping a friend shopping or warning somebody who's about to step in front of traffic or hundreds of generous and faithful services you now perform at home for your spouse and your family. Start truly noticing those as a spiritual practice and see where they lead you next. Buddhists teach awareness by focusing on tiny things, even practicing a little smile in the corners of your mouth once a minute or whenever you learn to think of it. Try it right now. Just, and not so I can see it. Not so I can see it. Smile just the corners. So you can feel it. Nobody can see it. You can feel it. See, it was tiny. Try that once a minute. Try it when you think of it. Great awareness, great awareness grows from that. Noble service, even heroic service, grows from that too. Raising the dead grows from that. So listen again to the medieval list and see which one attracts you for a start. Feed the hungry. Give drink to the thirsty. Clothe the naked. Shelter the homeless. Visit the sick. Visit the imprisoned. So when you hear this list again and the St. John's Parish Volunteer Program list every Sunday, first of all, stop automatically attacking yourself and stop dodging into widely distributed guilt feelings in a vain effort to control God. Instead, pause for a moment 
And think gratefully about the chances you do already get to serve, even the chances you've taken to serve. And I've planned a sort of game to show you. The parish ushers, Bill, Mary Jane, Anne, and Sue, met with me before the service. They showed up early, as they always do, and they have chosen and guided one person they know into the row behind you who can take encouragement from your specific actions of service, small and great. Don't turn around yet. No one has told me which person was chosen. In a couple of minutes, when you do turn around to exchange the kiss of peace, don't ask any of them whether they're the one. Because there are folks in the row in front of you who will be wondering if you are the one chosen to take encouragement from them. And maybe you are. It, might, it could even have happened by chance that right in front of you is a person at St. John's whose life encourages yours. And they hardly know it. If you told them, they would probably attack themselves or call to mind some widely distributed guilt that they keep handy. So without giving the game away, simply welcome the people who give you the peace of Christ. And during St. John's Parish announcements, maybe you'll pick up a new chance to serve and encourage others behind you and around you. That was the medieval rabbi's point. Raising the dead is your job and mine. What we must do to raise the dead is cultivate our own excellence. Patiently, as St. Thomas Aquinas taught, true humility serves the world. Jesus went up and put his hand on the bier, and the bearers stood still, and he said, Young man, I tell you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Everyone was filled with awe and praised God, saying, A great prophet has appeared among us. God has visited God's people.